minutes after 6 a.m. Good morning, everybody. My name is Nachum Siegel. Welcome to a Wednesday. This is your Jewish Moments in the Morning radio program. We fled our homes in the middle of the night. Right across those stormy waters, we held on with all our might. It took a lot of faith just to believe we had the right. We had to suffer the intolerance, no place to call our own. But we always had each other when it hurt to be alone. We are one. Do not try to separate us, we are one. Like the waters in the sea, we are one. In the eyes of them.
JM in the AM Wednesday morning. Welcome everybody to a uh, JM in the AM post uh, 2016 election day. <laughs> for those of you who are uh, just waking up, for those of you who are just going to sleep, <laughs> for those of you who have uh, watched with uh, incredible curiosity and with a sense of urgency the developments over the last, uh, oh, I don't know, nine hours or so. Uh, we welcome you to this JM and the AM Wednesday morning broadcast. So many things going on out there. First, let's review the music for you. Yaakov Shweki's Ma'amin. You heard Itzik Dadya, who's going to be joining us at the Jewish Unity Initiative. Malava Malka that we are presenting for the uh, Jewish community of Venice and beyond in Italy two weeks from now. Uh, with Mima Makim and Ki Besimcha. Avramo, Avram Free with Keep Climbing. You heard David Lowy's Together. We Are One, done by Safam, which I think at one time, I don't remember at what point in my career, someone had interviewed me and asked me my favorite Jewish music selection. Uh, and I, it was that one from Safam. We Are One. And Regesh, Modani opening things up. And we say good morning. It's Wednesday and it's November 9th, the 8th of Marcheshvan. Good morning. 52 degrees outside. Showers today with a high temperature of 58 and clouds early tonight and clearing later on and a low temperature of 39. Tomorrow mostly sunny for Thursday and a high temperature 58 degrees. Yerushalayim is at 77. We're at 52 here in Jersey City as we say good morning on a Wednesday at JM in the AM. Hard to believe that this 15, 16, 17 month process, 18 months, uh, is finally over. It is, it's really hard to believe. And, uh, for many of us, it's hard to believe the results of last night's uh, election tally, frankly. I just watched uh, early this morning the victory declaration, the um, a speech by Donald Trump after the uh, after everyone started believing the results. <laughs> and when it was uh, determined by the media that he had exceeded 270 electoral votes, and um first of all an understated compared to what we got used to during the campaign an understated and um in some ways humble Donald Trump uh, addressing the crowd which I thought was interesting and um he of course mentioned the fact that uh Hillary Clinton had called him and uh, congratulated him and now it is on to a transition period in the United States, one that will be quite interesting to watch. And uh, on January the 20th, he will become the next president of the United States. It was um, it was fascinating watching the uh, goings-on, the back and forth, the, the different storylines that were developing all through the night um, in so many different directions. And then at some point, don't remember exactly what time, it started becoming obvious that he had a real chance to win this election. And uh, then, of course, at some point early this morning, uh, it was determined and declared by the media that uh, based on all the numbers that had already come in and all the information they have, that he, in fact, would be the next president of the United States. Uh, in terms of some of the things that we pay very close attention to, it was interesting to read the Jerusalem Post article that describes some of the reaction in Israel to the election of President-elect Donald Trump. This one reads, After congratulating President-elect Donald Trump and thanking defeated Democratic candidate Hillary Clinton for her friendship to Israel, 
Bayit Yehudi chairman and education minister Naftali Bennett said the era of a Palestinian state is over. Trump's victory, he said, is an opportunity for Israel to immediately retract the notion of a Palestinian state in the center of the country, which would hurt our security and just cause. This is the position of the president-elect as written in his platform, and it should be our policy, plain and simple. Bennett's statement came in the aftermath of M.K. Betzalel Smotrich of Bayit Yehudi's statement earlier Wednesday. Betzalel seized on Trump's abandonment of the two-state solution during the U.S. presidential campaign. He said the idea of an independent Palestinian state was now, quote, shelved immediately. I urge the Prime Minister and the entire government to stand behind the settlements in Judea and Samaria and announce today the construction of thousands of new housing units, planning and construction of new towns and cities, and to remove the blemish that the previous administration sought to implement, that these settlements are an obstacle to peach. This according to Smotrich. Speaking in the Knesset, Speaker Yuli Edelstein of Likud gave his congratulations to Trump Wednesday morning. Distinguished members of Knesset, allow me to congratulate on behalf of the Knesset and myself, the elected President of the United States of America, Mr. Donald J. Trump, and Vice President-elect Mr. Mike Pence. I am confident that the long-standing friendship and alliance between the U.S. and Israel will remain strong during Mr. Trump's term in office. We send our best wishes to the American people and are certain they will remain united in dealing with the challenges facing America and the world today. Good luck. Edelstein gave his address in English an irregular step for Israeli politicians speaking in the Knesset. Likud M.K. Yehuda Glick congratulated the Republican candidate on his victory in Tuesday's election. It appears, he said, that the American people are tired of hypocrisy and political correctness and prefer straight talk. Glick expressed hope that Trump would ascend the Temple Mount and lead from the source of light and energy a dialogue of world reconciliation and peace. The Likud M.K. invited Trump to visit Israel and Judea and Samaria to see for himself, as he claimed, that settlement is the way to peace. Opposition M.K.'s weighed in, too, with Zionist Union co-leader Tippi Livni congratulating Trump. Congratulations, Donald Trump, she wrote on Twitter. I hope for the U.S. and the world that he actualized the promises of his acceptance speech, not the campaign. Zionist Union Chairman Isaac Herzog reacted, saying the campaign was indicative of, quote, the continuation of a global trend of disgust with the old, power elite, and the desire for swift and direct change. He called the Trump election a social, economic, and leadership tsunami and said it could lead to change in Israel as well. So there's a lot of reaction, a lot of things going on, and a lot of, um, a lot of uh, comments from around the world, including Israel, as we just noted. And it'll be very interesting to see what happens over the next few days and certainly over the next few months. Uh, but the 45th president of the United States is Donald J. Trump. And uh, the transition period is now uh, underway in earnest on this Wednesday morning in the United States of America. J.M. in the A.M. with 52 degrees, showers and a high temperature of 58. Plenty more coming up for us here on a J.M. in the A.M. Wednesday. Uh, I do remind you that tomorrow we'll be traveling to Elizabeth, New Jersey, as we continue the uh, 75th anniversary celebration with our friends at uh, JEC. We will be there tomorrow morning between 6 and 9 a.m. Uh, so we'll have that for you uh, tomorrow morning, bright and early. Um, plenty of interesting guests today, and, uh, of course, a full day on our stream at jmnam.org and nachomsegel.com. 
as the Nachum Siegel Network continues its amazing original programming all through the day. Make sure to be tuned in. And don't forget, we have a big transition uh, coming up. Yeah, speaking of transitions, huh? Our transition is that we are going all digital beginning on September the 1st. Spoke last night with somebody in the uh, in the Hollywood community who was um, discussing our transition with me and was lauding the direction that we are taking as we are getting to the future before anybody else in this industry, frankly. And everybody out there is encouraged to come along with us, to join in, make sure you have what you need, whether it's your computer, whether it's your Bluetooth for your car, whether it's the NSN app, the Nahum Siegel Network app for Android or iPhone, whether it's the Listen Line, whatever it is that you need to continue along with us in a seamless fashion after December 1, make sure you are ready. More coming up. It's JM and the AM with the Waterbury Yeshiva album. Uh, this is uh, called Oseh Shalom. Shalom. 
J.M. in the A.M. Eitz Chaim done by Eitan Freilach. You heard Ohad with Malchuscha. Ana Hashem, that was Simcha Liner. Oseh Shalom, Stay With Me, the uh, Waterbury Yeshiva album here at J.M. in the A.M. Good morning, everybody. Tomorrow we're live from J.E.C. As their 75th anniversary celebration continues, we'll be there tomorrow morning between 6 and 9 a.m. in Elizabeth, New Jersey. Make sure to join us. A minute before 7 o'clock on this Wednesday, Donald Trump has been elected by the U.S. electorate as the 45th president of the United States, <coughs> assuming office this coming January. Interesting reaction from Israel, as we uh, read to you earlier from the Jerusalem Post. 
and um, and understated, and uh, what seemed like a tired and humble Donald Trump accepting the um, or acknowledging uh, the vote from last night, the vote from yesterday, and um, Hillary Clinton still not heard from after her surprising loss based on the polls and um, the way most of the media sources were reporting things over the last few weeks. But I'm sure her speech will be uh, upcoming at some point later today. 52 degrees, showers, and a high temperature of 58. This is America's one and only Jewish Moments in the Morning Radio program. Heard on listeners sponsored WFMU East Orange, WMFU Mount Hope. Rockland County at 91.9 in the FM dial, broadcasting live from the Sonia and Robert Gold Studios in Jersey City, New Jersey. Around the world on the web, jmnam.org, and of course on the NSN app. If you haven't installed the NSN app in your phone yet, then you're not 100% ready for the big transition coming up December 1st when JM and the AM goes completely digital and becomes the official flagship program of the Nahum Siegel Network. Uh, all you got to do is uh, go to the uh, app store on your phone, Android or iPhone, and search Nachum Siegel Network. And the next thing you know, the NSN app will be in your phone and you'll be all set. Take care of that immediately and you'll be all ready for our amazing transition coming up on December the 1st. Golly, it's all in the background. I think that... Um well, I can only imagine what the lead story will be. Galitzal, Israel Army Radio, 2 p.m. newscast for a Wednesday follows next. We say Boker Tov from JMN. גליצה על השעה שתיים, כאן שיבל קרמי מנסור עם מה שקורה עכשיו. ראש הממשלה בנימין נתניהו בירך את הנשיא האמריקני הנבחר דונלד טראמפ, כתבנו מיכאל שמש. בהודעה שפרסם נתניהו כתב, טראמפ הוא ידיד אמת של מדינת ישראל. נפעל יחד כדי לקדם את הביטחון, היציבות והשלום באזורנו. הקשר האיתן בין ארה״ב לישראל מבוסס על ערכים משותפים, אינטרסים משותפים וגורל משותף. אני בטוח שהנשיא הנבחר טראמפ ואני נמשיך לחזק את הברית הייחודית בין ישראל וארצות הברית ונביאה לגבהים חדשים, כך נתניהו. השגריר האמריקני המיועד בישראל, דיוויד פרידמן, אמר לגל"צ, לישראל יש עתה חבר טוב באופן יוצא דופן בבית הלבן. אפי טריגר שוחח עם ציפי לבני, שרת החוץ לשעבר, ועם ציפי חוטובלי, סגנית שר החוץ, שהתייחסו להשפעת תוצאות הבחירות על ישראל. בוודאי ש... יש כאן, בעיניי לפחות, הזדמנויות אדירות להידוק שיתוף הפעולה והעמקת היחסים בין בעלות הברית החזקות ביותר בעולם, ארצות הברית בישראל. ראש העולם החופשי עומד אדם שהוביל קמפיין מאוד שנוי במחלוקת, בלשון המתה, שמייצג עמדות או השקפת עולם, שאני חולקת בוודאי על חלק ניכר ממנה. מנהיגים מרחבי העולם מברכים את טראמפ, כתבתנו דנה גוטר. ראש ממשלת עיראק חיידר אל-עבאדי צייץ בטוויטר את ברכותיו לדונלד טראמפ על היבחרו ואמר כי הוא מצפה להמשך התמיכה האמריקנית בעיראק במלחמה בטרור. כשברקע ממשיכה המלחמה העקובה מדם עם עוז דאעש בעיר מוסול העיראקית. גם קנצלרית גרמניה אנגלה מרקל הגיבה על הזכייה ואמרה הדמוקרטיה, כיבוד החוק וכיבוד בני אדם ללא הבדלי גזע הינם ערכים משותפים של גרמניה וארצות הברית. הבורסות בתל אביב וברחבי העולם שהגיבו תחילה בירידות חדות מתייצבות, כתבנו תומר ורון. שוקי המניות מתחילים להקל את הבחירה בטראמפ והירידות החדות מתמתנות. תל אביב 25 נסחר בשעה זו בעליות קלות ומניות חברות התרופות קופצות לאור הפסדה של קלינטון. האחוזים העתידיים בוול סטריט נופלים ב-2% לאחר שכבר ירדו מוקדם יותר ב-5%. 
עוד בחדשות, צה"ל תקף בשעה האחרונה בסוריה תגובה על נפילת פצצת מרגמה הבוקר בשטח רמת הגולן. כתבנו בצפון, גיא ורון. טיסות הבוקר מתנהלת לחימה בסמוך למעבר קונטרה בגולן בין כוחות המורדים לצבא אסד. אחת הרקדות התפוצצה בשטח ישראל ובתגובה תקף צה"ל סוללת תותחים השייכת למשטר הסורי. בצבא אמרו כי לא יסבלו פגיעה בריבונות ישראל ובביטחון התושבים וכי האחריות היא על המשטר הסורי. כתב אישום מוגש נגד אב מבית שמש שנעצר בשבוע שעבר בחשד שנהג לסמם את ביתו ולאנוס אותה. כתבתנו דור מימון. מכתב האישום עולה כי האב נהג לבצע בביתו במשך שלוש שנים מעשים מגונים ביניהם אונס כשהייתה מסוממת. הוא מואשם כי נהג לשים תרופה מסממת באוכל שהכין לה כדי שלא תוכל להתנגד למעשיו. הסם בו השתמש הינו חזק וממכר וגורם לתלות פיזית. הוא מואשם בשורה של עבירות מין, מעשים מגונים ואונס. הפרקליטות ביקשה להאריך מזג האוויר למחר, ירידה קלה בטמפרטורות. אלה החדשות שעורך ניתאי ענבי.
J.M. in the A.M. Uziat Sadok with Shomer Yisrael. Before that, you heard Ellie Marcus off the David Hamelach album. 13 minutes after 7 o'clock, Wednesday morning broadcast. Well, a couple of days ago, I saw my friend Ira Miller, who is now Director of Academic Mentoring and uh, Advising at the First School here in New Jersey. And uh, he mentioned to me they have their big open house coming up on uh, a Sunday and uh Told him we should do a couple of minutes on the air and find out what's happening over there at Frisch. Ira Miller, welcome to JM in the AM. Well, thank you, Nathan. It's good to be here. It's good to Pre- hear your voice. I appreciate that. All right, before we talk about the open house, tell me about your first experiences at the Frisch School here in New Jersey. Well, it's it's been really very gratifying, and uh, they really rolled out the red carpet, and it's been a very warm welcome. Uh, just to give you a sense of it, on the first day of school, I drove into this uh, the parking lot, a beautiful facility with a great campus, and there was great simple music blaring at the entrance, and all of the faculty and administration were standing outside greeting the students coming off and actually dancing with them as they came <laughs> into the building. It was a welcome home banner in front. It was truly remarkable, and I think it, it really speaks to the heart of what Fish is all about. Well, pretty amazing. We've always been a fan. Uh, Director of Academic Mentoring and Advising, uh, tell me how the majority of your day is spent over at the first school. Um, I spend my time talking to department chairs, to faculty, to students, um, parents as well. Um, the, the idea of the position is to carve out time in a very busy day with uh, the double program and everybody really working hard at uh, their individual roles. Um, but at the same time, they recognize that there's a need for someone just to concentrate on the academics, on the curriculum, on professional mentoring, and that's my day. Um, it's really, it's, it's uh, I, I would call it a luxury, but it's really a necessity, and I, I give Rabbi Sinner and the lay leadership uh, of Frisch to credit for recognizing that. Uh, it's, it's truly a remarkable achievement, and my day is spent just meeting and planning and getting a sense of what the goals are, what the vision is, and then shaping a path towards it. Ira Miller with us live via telephone. Ira, what do people need to know? What do parents need to know regarding uh, the open house that's taking place at Frisch? All right, so it's uh, Sunday morning. Uh, The program officially begins at 9 o'clock. I think people should get there early uh, because we're expecting um, a large crowd of very interested parents and students. Uh, the program begins at 9 with an opening presentation by Rabbi Sina, um, encouraging people to uh, find out more about the school and to contact the director of admissions, Judith uh, Goldsmith. And, and uh, going forward, there are opportunities in different sessions for parents to hear from uh, different faculty members presenting classroom sessions. There are opportunities for students to meet with other students. There'll be a panel for uh, parents to ask questions of students themselves. Um, there'll be opportunities to uh, go to an extracurricular fair to see the wide array of different activities that take place during school and also after school. Um, and then hearing more about the fresh experience from a panel of faculty. And um, the day will probably begin, the program will end at uh, noon. Uh, there'll be lunch. Um, there'll be opportunities to talk to students, faculty. It should be really uh, an exciting, wonderful morning. It's this coming Sunday, uh, 9 a.m. at the Frisch School on West Century Road in Paramus, New Jersey. You could log on frisch.org slash open house. Again, that's frisch.org slash open house. Ira Miller is the brand-new director of academic mentoring and advising at the Frisch School in 
Paramus, New Jersey. Ira, enjoy your new academic digs, and uh, good luck to everybody. And best regards, everybody. Wish, wish them luck uh, on Sunday's open house. I certainly will. Thank you so much, Malcolm. 17 minutes after 7 o'clock. More coming up. You are listening to JM in the AM.
a.m. in the a.m. with Eighth Day. Hakel, Gather. Shlomo Katz before that with Nigun Neshama. Shlomo Kalbach's yard side a week from tonight. A week from tonight is the uh, start of the Kalbach yard site. Um, 24 hours of Kalbach will be presented from 6 p.m. Eastern Time on Wednesday night of next week through 6 p.m. Eastern Time Thursday night of next week. 24 hours of Kalbach here uh, at the Nahum Siegel Network, so make sure to be tuned in. Tomorrow we're live from JEC. We're live from JEC tomorrow as we visit uh, JEC and uh, continue their 75th anniversary celebration. We'll be there tomorrow starting at 6 a.m. Make sure to be tuned in. That's uh, happening tomorrow morning right here at JM in the AM. Weekly update is Friday. Plenty to talk about, obviously, with the um, surprising developments of last night. uh, With the victory of Donald Trump over Hillary Clinton. So I'm sure we will uh, discuss some of the um, important issues to Israel and the Jewish world uh, vis-a-vis the brand new president who will start in January of 2017. Rabbi David Goldwasser's words, Here is Rabbi David Goldwasser with Morning Chizuk. Good morning. A wealthy Jew once came to Rav Shach for advice. He had a major business that he wanted to liquidate in order to move to Eretz Yisrael so he could learn. He was apprehensive about this and he wanted to ask Rav Shach's opinion. Rav Shach told him, Back in the shtetl, it was customary for the wealthy people to invite poor people for Shabbos. In fact, they would wait until Friday night to invite them. However, there was one beggar by the name of Zalman. He was a regular by the table of Rav Shloyma, one of the wealthy men in his community. Initially, Zalman would come every Friday night to Rav Shlomo's home. He would ask him, can I join in the meal? Rav Shlomo was very generous, and he never turned him down. Eventually, Zalman didn't even bother asking. Rav Shlomo counted him among his regulars. Zalman was penniless. He had torn clothes and shoes that were worn through. During the week, he had no proper meals. He survived from Shabbos to Shabbos on the vegetables that were left over in the market at the end of the day. The Suda Shabbos was his major source of sustenance for the entire week. All the time he sat at Reb Shlomo's table, Zalman's attention was not on the food, but on the beautiful candlesticks on the table. He had such delight looking at them, as though he was the proud owner. Zalman's fascination with the candlesticks didn't go unnoticed. Reb Shlomo asked him, What pleasure do you derive from staring at the candlesticks? You know they're not yours. Without hesitation, Zalman answered, True, they don't belong to me, but what difference does it make? Reb Shlomo looked at him. He replied, It makes all the difference in the world. I own these possessions, but you can only look at them on the Shabbos when you're my guest. Zalman said to him, All the time that the candles are burning, they shine for both of us equally. As long as the candlesticks are on the table, we both benefit from their beauty. After Shabbos, I go home. But then the candlesticks are removed. They go from the table to the closet. 
you don't benefit from them either. The only difference between us is that I'm not able to pawn them. Whereas if you were in need, you could borrow against them or even sell them. It would be a sad thing if that is your only pleasure in owning them. So I ask you, is there really such a great difference between you and me? The material possessions that we have are not really ours. After 120 years, the Gashmias, the materialism, doesn't accompany a person. The Torah and Mitzvahs, the Gemilas Chasodim, the acts of kindness, those are our possessions. We own them forever. This has been Rabbi David Goldwasser bringing you Morning Chizik. Have a nice day.
7 a.m. with Aspak Laria. That's Ain Ode Milvado. Mordechai Shapiro before that with Chizku. Tomorrow morning we are live at JEC as we continue with the 75th anniversary celebration at the JEC and all its uh, affiliated schools in Elizabeth, New Jersey. Join us tomorrow between 6 and 9 a.m. right here at JM in the AM. That's tomorrow morning. There will be a new president in the United States of America. We knew that. We didn't know who would be until very late last night, early this morning. And Donald Trump is, of course, the person now who is the president-elect. We'll discuss more about the election all through the week, including during our weekly update on Friday when Malcolm Holmline joins us. Very interesting reaction to the election of Donald Trump coming out of Israel and, frankly, many other countries will have an opportunity to speak about all of that uh, Friday morning during our weekly update. Make sure to be tuned in here at JM in the AM. Many of you are familiar with the fact that coming up on Wednesday, November the 16th, the Heart of Jerusalem Dinner, uh, honoring many distinguished honorees, is taking place courtesy of our friends at the American Committee for Shari Tzedek Medical Center in Jerusalem. It is a great honor and a wonderful privilege to welcome into our studio uh, Deborah Kestenbaum, who is the brand-new president of the uh, American Committee for Shari Tzedek Medical Center National Board, and is the president as well of the Women's Board of the organization, Deborah Kestenbaum. Welcome to JM in the AM. Thank you, Nachum. I discovered this morning that hardly a seat remains for the November 16th dinner taking place at Gustavino's in New York City. So anybody out there who actually wants to participate, obviously donations are welcome. I would assume that if they're... Uh, uh, inclined to place an ad in the journal, they could do so. But in terms of reservations, what should what should people do or not do at this point to try to be at the dinner? Uh, in terms of reservations, as of now, uh, they will be taken by phone only. Okay. Uh, the telephone number for that is 212-764-8116. If somebody chooses to put an ad into the journal, they can do that online at www.acsc.org slash dinner. All right. That's what people do. It's November 16th. We'll get into the honorees, et cetera, et cetera. What is it like? How long have you been the uh, the president of the American Committee for Shari Tzedek Medical Center? Well, I've taken over the American Committee Board, uh, National Board. It will be uh, as of September of the, this year, officially. Just a couple of months ago. A few months ago, but uh, about... I'm going to say five-plus years uh, I've been the president of the women's board. Right. And um, I suppose I, they liked me, and they, <laughs> asked, uh, they asked me to go further with the international board, and it is, it is actually my greatest pleasure to be working uh, with the hospital in that, uh, in that vein as well. In addition to, to working with the hospital, and you know, we know firsthand just how incredible the hospital is, frankly, and you can bring us up to date on any developments. But in addition to that, you have the privilege of working with some amazing lay leadership. I mean, there are people across this country who are such staunch supporters of Shari Tzedek. It's pretty amazing. Well, the, the, the closest person that I deal with uh, at the hospital in Israel is Dr. Yonatan Halevi. Right, of course. Uh, he is the head of the hospital. He does an amazing job. He is one of the most organized people that I have ever met, and I consider myself pretty organized uh he has a heart of gold and he does a great job running the hospital with a heart 
Pretty amazing. Deborah Kestenbaum is here, and and the lay leaders here in the United States. There are so many distinguished names that you've gotten to know over the years, I'm sure. Yes. Um, there is uh, Rachel Wolf, who is our CEO. She is one of the honorees this year. Right. She's been at the American Committee for Shari Tzedek for 15 years. Uh, she became the CEO three years ago. Uh, Rachel and her husband, Andrew, recently welcomed their beautiful daughter, Kira. All right. uh, we also have uh, been dealing with Menno Ratzker, sure. with Murray Lalicht, whose job I officially took over in September. Oh, so Murray was your predecessor, your Murray, predecessor. Murray is my mentor, yes. Right. And um, it's, uh, it's, it's really been wonderful working with all these, these people that really know the ins and outs of the hospital. How did you first get involved? Your first encounter with Shari Tzedek. So my first encounter with Shari Tzedek is, it was a household word. Um, my father was the first uh, international chairman of the Board of Governors. Wow. And the way I know it, he was the one that brought Yonatan Halevi into the scene 20, 29 years ago. Wow. Um, after that, my mother became a board member on the women's board. And uh, a while later, they recruited me onto the women's board, and thus it became a household word. Um, I did explain to Mayor a little while ago that um, about 17 years ago, my youngest child uh, was sick for two weeks um, at the age of five, and um, he had a pacemaker put in. And thank God he's almost 22, and he's doing amazing. And that... I always said to myself, I'm going to give back something, and I really do feel that, that this is my way of giving back. Phenomenal. You refer to Mayor Fertig, by the way, who's with us this morning as well. The Heart of Jerusalem dinner is happening in New York City on Wednesday, November the 16th. You mentioned Rachel Wolf, who we've had an opportunity to really get to know over the years. She is amazing and uh, now leads the American Committee, as you said, as CEO, right, operating the uh, organization on a daily basis. Yes. must be a great pleasure to work with her each she's, day. She's amazing. She's amazing, and her staff as well, and Sharon uh, Goldwyn is utterly amazing as well. Uh, we also have some other honorees that yeah. I would like to mention quickly, if I can. Please. Uh, Dr. Howard Tzvi uh, Goldschmidt. He's from Teaneck. He is getting the Rofet Yedid Award. He's an interventional cardiologist who has volunteered at Shari Tzedek on his own time, treating patients and teaching doctors, including taking a long mini sabbatical at Shari Tzedek last winter. This is one of the things we highlighted the last time we had Shari Tzedek on the air, that people actually come from other parts of the world to donate their services they do. to the hospital in Jerusalem, which they is pretty do, amazing. Because it is the hospital with a heart. Yeah. Um, we also have Dr. Emman Bartbaum from Great Neck receiving the Jerusalem Championship Award. They are leaders of our children's champion events for ten, the past 10 years. Uh, children's champion raise money each year to dedicate key equipment for children and newborns at Shari Tzedek Wolf's Children's Hospital. We have Talia and Sal Goldwyn, also from Great Neck Jerusalem Champion Award. They initiated the Children's Champion event in the year 2006 and got other couples involved. Dr. Jessica and Jeremy Kirshner from Woodmere, also the Children's Champion Award. They have been helping Shari Tzedek since 2004 after Jeremy's father passed away. They are co-chairs of the Five-Town Committee. Mm. And lastly, Michelle and Michael Nachmani from Scarsdale, also the Jerusalem Champions Award. They have co-chaired the Scarsdale Committee for Children's Champions for many years. And Michael has also served on our national board for several years. If you want to pay tribute to any of the honorees with journal ads or with donations to Shari Tzedek, the event is the 16th of November. As we said, uh, it's not 
Uh, it's not 100% for sure that you can still get a reservation, but if you want to try, you can call the number at area code 212-764-8116. That's 212-764-8116. You can also log on acsz.org. That's American Committee, Shari Tzedek. acsz.org slash dinner for information, place journal ads, and to uh, take part with a donation in this uh, landmark event. Um, if, I, if I could add one more sure. thing, Nachum. The focus on this year's dinner is to raise money for our new brain center at Sharit Sedek. Uh, including in the center is a new stroke unit, urgently needed in Jerusalem, a new department of neuroradiology and neurosurgery. Physicians recruited to head the various aspects are tops in their respective specialties in Israel and worldwide. It is not formally open yet. It is in its final stages of preparation. It does seem likely the Brain Center will begin accepting patients during this coming calendar year. All right. So this is, um, uh, tell me about the timeline as far as you are concerned. Was this something that was already a project when you became president? Was this something that was already on the table, so to speak? It was, I I think, I don't know for sure, um, Mayor, you might be able to add uh, to that. It was definitely in the planning. It's been in the planning for uh, at least well over a year at this point. Yeah. Uh, the, the key component of it is, is a, uh, there are three parts to it. There's a department of uh, neuroradiology, there's a department of neurosurgery, and then uh, perhaps even more important than anything else is a new stroke unit for the Jerusalem area, which is way, way, way overdue. Uh, it's very, very badly needed. There are unfortunately thousands of people who have strokes each year and as as you know minutes count yeah, seconds and count. geographically the hospital is situated in such a way that it is the really perfect place for in terms of the major residential neighborhoods Central. of the city as well as for the outlying areas so an ambulance that would have to go past Shari Tzedek to go elsewhere we're talking you're adding 10, 12 minutes to a trip, and that's a very, very serious problem. Uh, Mayor Ferdig and Deborah Kestenbaum are here. So is this your first mandate, so to speak, to make sure that this project is solidified and really has the support that it needs from the people here in the United States? Officially, it is my first mandate. This it is. is. It, huh? um, I would also like to share a few very um, wonderful statistics, sure. if I may. Yeah. Um, the hospital has treated over 650,000 patients last year. 144,000 people seen in the emergency room, and our favorite statistic is 22,400 babies were born at Shari Tzedek last year. And these are statistics that, as you can see, we are very, very proud of. That last one, possibly the largest number in the world, I it would is. guess. Yeah. It is, in the no, Western world. No other hospital has more than nope. that, nope. which is pretty amazing. And when you think about that number of people, when you think about how many people live in Israel, yep. think about Jerusalem, live in Israel, and you're treating that number through the hospital, and that number coming into the emergency center, you can imagine, uh, you don't have to imagine, you've seen it up, up close and personal, uh, just how incredible it is. We took the tour, we saw the uh, uh, the operation at Shari Tzedek um, on more than one occasion, and... Um, uh, the advancements have to be made in order to keep up between equipment and uh, technology and, you know, the things that doctors need to know and staff that you need to recruit from really around the world uh, to come and be part of this entire successful operation is immense. It's just it, incredible. It is immense, and I have met many doctors that do work there, and they take sabbaticals. They go to Harvard. They go to Johns Hopkins. They go to Columbia. They go to um, Sloan Kettering. And they, they learn, they're constantly learning, and they're constantly teaching. And this is something that uh, you need to keep up with, with the current, the current uh, news right. in medicine. 
All right, so you're overseeing this brain center and its fundraising. Yes. You're obviously uh, going to uh, uh, address the audience at a sold-out dinner, the way things are going for November the 16th. Yes. You're off to an amazing start, frankly. Uh, what, what else is on the agenda? Is there anything else you'd like to see the American Committee take on in the next few months or actually the next couple of years um, in terms of major projects or things that they should be involved with, Mishara Tzedek? Well, really, we, we, we just try to focus on the newest and the upcoming in every field of medicine. Uh, we have a new IVF center, which was just opened. Uh, that was also funded, uh, a big part of it, by the Lelicht family. Wow. And um, that is something that is done very, very well in Israel, uh, the IVF. Um, we have a new children's hospital. Which is remarkable. It's amazing. We, we saw it right before it was completed and right after. So it's incredible. When I saw it, I, I've been told... Uh, over and over again that the children have such a good time there that they don't even want to go home. <laughs> so that speaks volumes for the way the the patients are treated at Shari Tzedek. Um, Mayor, is there anything else that's... A lot of the the agenda, obviously, is set by the hospital. Right. We, we They're based on their needs. Yeah, we respond to, to what uh, Professor Halevi... I mean, Professor Halevi is one of the great minds, as you know, of, of, of the medical world in Israel and to begin with. Right. Absolutely. I mean, he's just a really flat-out genius. Uh, what, what, what he uh, and the hospital feel are their needs become, in many ways, our priorities as well, as we help them to meet those needs. Yeah, American Committee doing a great job. Shari Tzedek Medical Center in Israel. Those of you who are familiar with it, you know just how remarkable a place it is. Uh, the dinner is November the 16th. starts at 6.30 at Gustavino's in New York City on East 59th Street. Uh, you can call and um, uh, secure a last-minute reservation, hopefully, by dialing 212-764-8116. That's 212-764-8116. You can also log on to acsz.org slash dinner acsz.org slash dinner and you can pay tribute to all the honorees that we mentioned Rachel Wolf and Dr. Howard Svee Goldschmidt Dr. Emma and Bart Baum Talia and Sal Goldwyn Dr. Jessica and Jeremy Kirshner and Michelle and Michael Nachmani by logging on placing a journal ad or simply making a donation in their honor on the American Committee website acsz.org slash dinner anything you uh, want to add Deborah Kestenbaum Mayor Furtick <coughs> Just to thank you for having us, and uh, we look forward to seeing everybody uh, at future events. And we've got to invite, <coughs> excuse me, we've got to invite anybody out there, uh, especially those who are in the uh, uh, who are in the mood to support a great medical effort in Israel to go and see Shari. So that's something you can do through your office, right? Yes. Absolutely. That's yes. something they can do through your office. Go see it up close and personal. It is uh, an amazing experience. And uh, and you'll see <laughs> just why every time we uh, laud the accomplishments of what's happening at Charit Tzedek. Yeah. Uh, congratulations! Thank you. On Thank the you brand so new position, the president is here. Thank you. Not the not the president of the United <laughs> States, the president of the American Committee for Charit Tzedek. Uh, medical center in Jerusalem, Mayor. Uh, you know, it's we know how wonderful it is. We've spent time there. We see it, and we work with this every day. But right. it's exciting and gratifying that you know somebody who sees the length and breadth of Jewish communal life around the world can come to the hospital 
the way you have and be so excited by it as well. So it we is remarkable. That. And uh, when you talked about children not wanting to go home, when you simply walk through the halls and see the friendliness of the staff and how they're catering to everyone's needs and all the different services that have been thought of to be provided. Pet, pet centers. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's things there that, you know, who thought of this stuff? Forget right. about doing it well. Just having it at all is pretty amazing. And, and it's also such an oasis in the middle of what, you know, can sometimes be very fraught for obvious reasons sure. with the political climate and so forth. Somebody on uh, somebody on Facebook last week put put up a story, and I confirmed with him privately that this happened to Shari Tzedek. He described um, going to the nursery with their new with his, his newborn baby, and uh, a, an Arab staff member um, saw him in the hallway and said, Mazal Tov. Ah, right. There you go. Yeah, we didn't even get into that topic, but there's a tremendous amount of brotherhood that's going on, or cousinhood right. that's going on at the hospital. When, when, you, when you mentioned about who comes up with these things, right. for example, the pet center or the music, uh, sure. the music center, uh, from what I've heard, uh, Dr. Halevi is the one that actually goes and travels the world <laughs> to find the best and to bring it back to Shari Tzedek. Well, in his case, I believe it. <laughs> well, just just this week, actually, uh, uh, Rabbi Litzman, who's the uh, the uh, minister of health in Israel, right. was at an opening of a new uh, a new leg. Uh, a diabetic leg clinic that they run. The hospital runs dozens of clinics for different things to have people come in and get the care that they need on an outpatient basis. And uh, Dr. Litzman, you know, who obviously sees healthcare across across the state of Israel on a daily basis, said uh, anything that's done at Shari Tzedek, Shari Tzedek does it best. Yeah, well, they're very good at it, it seems, no matter what the area is. Uh, thank you, Mayor Furtick. Thank you, Deborah Kestenbaum. Thank and enjoy you. the thank dinner. You. Coming up November the 16th in New York City. More coming up here. It's JM the AM at four minutes before eight o'clock. <laughs> Da 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 da. 
Two complete. That's Eitan Katz with the Elul Nigun here on a JM the AM Wednesday morning. Plenty more happening coming up between 8 and 9 o'clock. Uh, 9 o'clock, we continue with amazing programming on our stream all day long with the Nachum Siegel Network. If you're not yet ready for our transition, which is happening December 1st, make sure you start by installing the NSN app in your phone so you can access us 24 hours a day, including our archives. Um, go to the uh, App Store on your phone, Android or iPhone, and just search Nachum Siegel Network. Simple as that. And uh, you'll have what you need to start your uh, participation. Uh, you're coming along with us to our transition on December the 1st to an all-digital format. Two minutes after 8 o'clock, this is America's one and only Jewish Moments in the Morning Radio program. Heard on listeners sponsored WFMU East Orange, WMFU Mount Hope. Rockland County at 91.9 on the FM Dial Broadcasting Live from the Sonia and Robert Gold Studios in Jersey City, New Jersey. Around the world on the web, jmnam.org, and of course on the NSN app.
Benny Friedman, Haboycher is the name of that one. Shalshelis Jr. with Matovu, Wednesday morning broadcast. Big shout-out to our friends at Traveler's Choice. They present our uh, Wednesday music mix on our stream at NachumSiegel.com on the NSN app. Big um, shout-out to our friends at Traveler's Choice, to Yossi and Devorah and their entire staff. Um, 
Uh, we thank them and uh, everyone tune in all day long. Great program. By the way, one of our uh, we have amazing programming, as I tell you each and every day. Uh, one of the shows that we are very proud of, very proud of every show, but uh, recently we've added a show hosted by Yoni Pollock called Bite Size, uh, which features uh, interviews um, and the different discussions, plus some Jewish music. And um, today, Yoni Pollock, right after JM and the AM, will feature the following conversations. Joanna Shepson from Jerusalem with Nicole Wexler about the brand new aquarium that's being built in Israel. I don't think any other network in the world is covering that, frankly. Um, Yoni Pollock will speak with Yoni Levine about his New York City Marathon experience this past Sunday. And Tova Knecht, one of our uh, most recent additions to the amazing Nahum Single Network staff, she'll interview uh, Mordechai Holtz about great tourist attractions in Israel. So a very Israel-centric bite size with a uh, little dose of the New York City Marathon as well, all hosted by Yoni Pollock coming up. Uh, the Wednesday live lunch will be conducted by Avrami. Avrami Finkelstein will feature some great Jewish music between 11 and 1. You are invited to comment on our app. The NSN app gives you an opportunity on the home screen, as you'll see, to add a comment at any time about anything that we discuss. Uh, you should feel free to do that and utilize that feature uh, to your advantage. Twelve minutes after the hour, plenty more coming up here on a JM in the AM Wednesday morning. A reminder, tomorrow we're live from JEC where the 75th anniversary celebration continues. We are live from JEC tomorrow. And also a reminder that on Friday we'll do our weekly update. And in light of the news of the week, uh, the news of the century, some may say, Donald Trump becoming the next president as of January, uh, there's plenty to talk about different countries, including Israel. I've had some very interesting reactions to the Trump victory yesterday. We'll have all of that for you Friday during our discussion here at JM and the AM. We're also going to hopefully speak, if we... Uh, if we stay timely with all of our conversations and interviews this hour, we'll hopefully speak with Michael Fragan before we uh, leave the air this morning at 9 o'clock. He'll give us some insight into what happened yesterday as well. That's all coming up right here at JM in the AM.
Yeah. 
with Yoni Shlomo here on a uh, Wednesday morning. Tomorrow we're live from JEC, don't forget, as the 75th anniversary celebration continues there. Yaakov Shweki had Ach Sameach. Mazel Tov's Dover Solomon of Short Hills Bar Mitzvah celebration. Want to wish a Mazel Tov to Rabbi Mendel and the Chana Solomon and to the parents and great-grandmother. Uh, we say Mazel Tov on the big Bar Mitzvah from all of us here at JM in the AM. Um, I got a note on Yom Kippur, a, a baby boy was born to Rabbi Mordechai and Debbie Kaplan of Ramat Beit Shemesh. Uh, the bris happened on Cholamoid Sukkis. Uh, that's Eliana, Ilan, Aderet, Shira, and Ora's brother who was born. The grandparents are Ruth and Sam Stern and Bobby and Ruby Kaplan. So we say Mazal Tov to our friends, the Kaplans, and to all the family members, to the Carols, the Gitsanskis, Lowensteiners, uh, Seligson cousins, everybody. Mazal tov to all 
from all of us here at JM in the AM. So Rabbi Mordechai and Debbie Kaplan of Ramat Beit Shemesh and their family enjoying that great news. Bobby and Ruby, Mazal Tov to you from all of us here at JM in the AM. And I got a note this past, this must be either from Monday or Tuesday. Yeah, from Monday, but very late on Monday. Uh, from listener Cena down in Florida, apparently she was a drop behind on her uh, Mazel Tov wishes, and then we made her even further behind by waiting till this morning. <laughs> uh, Want to wish a happy and very special Bat Mitzvah birthday to Rachel Dina Gifter of Staten Island. Mazel Tov to Rachel Dina's parents, Rabbi Yaakov and Shoshana Gifter, and all her siblings. Rodi, we wish we could celebrate your special day in person, but just the thought of your always smiling face puts a huge smile on ours. We love you tons and can't wait to see you. It's uh, love from Bubby and Zadie, Florida. That's our wonderful friends, Ira and Sina, of course. And we say Mazal Tov from all of us here at JM in the AM. So there you have it. We're going to try to get Michael Fragan in before the end of this show. Talk a little bit about uh, what happened yesterday on the national scene. And uh, with the election and the more coming up, if you keep it here at JM in the AM. Amazing programming on our stream all day long. Yoni Pollock hosts Bite Size coming up at 9 o'clock. <laughs>
But I don't have any plans Cohen with that one. Before that, it was the uh, Maccabee selection of Achenu. While Gorf, the legendary Jordan B. Gorfinkel, who's likely speaking to us from a battleground state, from a swing state, unlike uh, people like myself, 
who are in the uh, New York, New Jersey area. Um, Gorf actually is in a state that uh, really mattered in yesterday's election. Uh, Jordan B. Gorfinkel, welcome back to JM and the AM. Boker Tov, Nachum Boker Tov, JM and AM fans worldwide. Am I right? Hello? Am I right? Yeah, Fred, is that you? Yes, Shalom Aleichem, guys. How are you? Hey, hey Gorf. Uh, Gorf, introduce Fred to our audience, please. Well, Fred is the champion of the subject we are going to tackle right now, <laughs> which is Jewish Comic-Con. Pretty amazing. Yeah. Anyway, before we get to Jewish Comic-Con, I don't mean to cut you off. I just got to make this point. <laughs> did you know yesterday that the state that you're in, I assume you're in Ohio right now, did you did you real did you realize how how important a state it would be, Gorf? <laughs> well, you know, I, I think that the song that you just played, the Shabbat the Beit Hashem, yeah. is probably an extremely appropriate segue to this conversation. Yeah, because it all is in the hands of Hashem. I mean, look, the Torah says there's three signs that Mashiach is coming, right? Yeah. So sign number one is that the Cubs win, and it happened. Sign number two is that. President Trump is a reality. It's happening. And sign number three is that finally we have a Jewish Comic Con. Oh, I always thought I always thought number I was I always thought number three is that JM and AM is going all digital. That's what I thought. That's an excellent point. You know what? Mashiach obviously has already come and you're it. There you hey. go. Jewish yeah. <laughs> Jewish Comic Con dot org is the is the web address. Uh, for people to get information about what's happening in Brooklyn, New York, it starts on November the 13th. And um, it says here, the ver first Jewish Comic-Con explores how Jewish identity has influenced comics, both on the page and behind the scenes. Uh, but it isn't just for the members of the tribe, quote-unquote. It says here, it's a love letter to the creators of the comic book medium, and their heroes. Gorf, could you describe this this incredible bond between the creators of the comic book medium and their heroes? Well, it's been said that the Jews are the people of the book. Right. And in our case, it's the people of the comic book. <laughs> yeah. The answer is that Jews throughout their history have celebrated heroism. Certainly our longevity our success, our remarkable accomplishments over the years, over the decades, over the millennium, have shown that we have a tremendous story to tell. And we created, literally, the Jews created a medium for telling this story, which combines the oldest kind of storytelling in the world, which is the simple combination of words and pictures in order to communicate an idea. Right. And we professionalized that. We turned it into an industry, which became the comic book industry. And through that medium, the world has begun to discover, and I, I say begun because even though it's over 100 years at this point, they've really begun to discover now just how powerful that medium is as a platform for communicating ideas without any other uh, medium necessary. In other words... You just put some drawings on the page with some right. words, and the idea is out there. And the next thing you know, you have billion-dollar franchises that are, you know, the 13th successful Marvel Comics movie was just released, for example. Yeah. Uh, it's amazing what this has become. Well, it's amazing that I completely don't understand it. That's why I turn to an expert like you. I mean, you're, you, you are, uh, you, you've done it. 
You know, you've uh, been writing and editing comic books, and you obviously know its history, etc. It's something I've never been able to to get into to any degree, so that's why I don't appreciate the enormity of the entire thing. Um, uh, but I know that it's quite an industry, and one, as you described, that uh, you know makes heroes and stars out of people who do it, who write them, who illustrate them. And as you said, you know, movie franchises are created from them, and uh, we see, you know, half the country going crazy about it. Uh, Gorf is with us. Fred Polonecki is with us. All right, so, so how does so what happens at a Comic Con, Fred, and what happens at a Jewish Comic Con? Well, um, th- this whole concept, thank you, is um, basically been custom designed by um, our cr- uh, curator. Uh, his name is Fabrice Sapolsky, and he just recently is in the immigration process to move here uh, as a citizen. I hope that all goes well for him. He's a, I, I'm sure Gorf could tell you he's an incredibly uh, charismatic and, and uh, talented uh, man. And uh, together, over a pot of cholent and a kiddish, as many great ideas start, uh, we, we came up with this concept uh, to pay honor to the people that started, comi- uh, started the comic book industry and uh, to people like Gorf, who today um, are going out there and, and carrying this on and their, and their um, relationship to, to the original creators is, is almost like a true Talmud and a, and, and a Rebbe. So any comic creator who's Jewish was eligible to pay tribute to during Jewish Comic Con, we actually have, uh, in the name of diversity, a couple that aren't, but that um, <laughs> are working on on certain projects of interest, and and we thought that it would be important to include them. And this is but, happening this Sunday in Brooklyn, New York, and a, a major preview party in the Shul on Motzei Shabbos at eight thirty. We have a terrific band of console VGM that plays as a fourteen piece brass band that plays the music of video games um, and a silent auction and if I could just uh, put my hat on as Shul president that this is all part of a fundraiser for <clears throat> Congregation Call Israel and Prospect Heights who's over 90 years old and I assume we, that's where the event is happening yes sir and I do hope you uh, can attend one of the events Nachum I will put you on the guest list of course well now that I know that Gorf is coming in from out of town I may just have to you got to know him, okay? Uh, this is something to be seen. A tremendous amount of talent all in one room, um, and people that, you know, find the art and literature aspect of it an important event. So right. I think it's got to be something to be seen. All right, so um, we are, um, someone asked, what, what, what's the difference between uh, us and any other Comic-Con? We, we start with Chakras. We break for Mincha. And given the hour of the, uh, Sunday night, we will have Marav. There you go. There's one big difference. I can tell you that much. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Jewish Comic Con. You can log on. Jewish Comic Con. There's a two C's in the middle. Comic Con dot org. Jewish Comic Con dot org. It happens with the big event, the preview and celebration on Saturday night. Uh, then Sunday is the actual Comic Con, the Jewish Comic Con. In Brooklyn, New York, uh, the website gives you all the details, how to get tickets. It does give you the list and description of all the guests. And it looks like, from a uh, uh, an industry perspective, that's a very impressive list. Gore, if you agree with that, right? A very impressive list of people are involved on Sunday. Yes, and I want to emphasize who Fabrice Sapolsky is. Fabrice is an old friend of mine. We met, actually, when I was seeking distribution for a project at DC Comics, if I'm not mistaken, when I was editor of Batman Comics, 
and I was steered towards him as an expert on uh, the European market. He originates from Paris, France, and he has worked from Paris for a while uh, doing Comic Box, which is a comic book magazine uh, celebrating the world of comics in the language of French. And he also was writing comic books. He wrote Spider-Man and other titles. He had always dreamed of coming to America. He finally fulfilled that dream. He just recently got married. And when he met Fred, it all kind of gelled, this idea that we had been talking about for a long time, to finally come full circle, where the Jews had created the comic book industry and given it to the world, and now we want to recapture the combination of Jews and comics. Very nice. Well, like I say, I know the industry is booming, and I know that a lot of our uh, fellow um, uh, community members are involved on, on all different sides, whether it be the creators or the people who are enjoying it, etc., etc. And Brooklyn Jewish Comic Con happens this coming Sunday. Go to jewishcomiccon.org for information about the event for Saturday night and Sunday, and enjoy, and you get to meet Fred Polonecki, you get to meet Gorf, and you get to meet some other very special people who are doing a lot of creative stuff in the industry. Uh, Gorf, thank you. Good luck. And uh, Fred, thank you. Good luck to you and the entire uh, congregation over there in Brooklyn. Thank you very much, Nachum Kolto. A pleasure. Wednesday morning broadcast. We continue with more here at JM in the AM. I'm a 
host of Spin Class on the Nahum Siegel Network, and he's our go-to man when it comes to anything uh, political, local, national, international, etc. He is Michael Fragan, joins us on the morning after Election Day here at JM in the AM. Mr. Fragan, welcome back to JM in the AM. Good morning, Nahum. Although it seems like one continuous evening. Whoa, whoa, you can't do this to us. We need a, we need a clear signal. you got to pull over. We can't, we can't do this with a broken... Uh, with a bro- oh, sorry about that. Oh, okay. there we go. Now, now, now okay. I... Now I hear you much better. Well, I mean, there's discussion about replacing you as the host of Spin Class. Because, as you know, in my inner circle, there was only one person who, from June of 2015, on the day he announced Donald Trump, from June of 2015 until today, till late last night, early this morning, every day declared that Trump will win this election. And that's Stacey Siegel. She has said it every day from the moment he declared his candidacy. And I, of course, as many people know, never took it seriously because I didn't think he could possibly win the nomination and certainly not the uh, presidency. Uh, so there's talk. There's talk, Michael, of Stacey actually replacing you. What do you think of that? <laughs> hey, look, you know what? Uh, she could buy out my contract anytime. <laughs> but uh, I will tell you that my mother-in-law, to her credit, also regularly said, I think he's going to win. I'm afraid he's going to win. He's going to win. He's going to win. And she kept saying over the last couple of days, He's going to win. You're going to see. He's going to win. And I think it's really emblematic of the attitude that some people have had, um, uh, you know, throughout this country of just, you know, being sick and tired of the uh, the same old thing, so to speak. And I, and I said this to you, I don't know if I said this to you on the air or not, uh, after the third debate, I, I was always under the impression that he did a great job strategically in winning the Republican nomination, but never really garnered any more votes or any more, uh, you know, larger support after that. Boy, was I proven wrong, huh? Uh, it did seem that way. You know, the 14 million that he got in the Republican primary, you know, he needs to go from 14 to 50 or whatever the final numbers were. Although, be mindful of the fact that Hillary Clinton did win the popular vote, apparently. Um, you know, so, uh, it, you know, it is a, it is a win, but, uh, a substantial, it's a substantial win, it's a surprising win, but Hillary Clinton did win the popular vote. I don't think that, that doesn't matter to me and shouldn't matter to anybody, because you, you, you win under the rules that you have. But yes, it did seem like Donald Trump was kind of rudderless for a long time as far as what he was trying to do and how he was trying to get there. But you gotta give, you gotta give his team credit, particularly Kellyanne Conway. You see huge change in Donald Trump. And his entire campaign, the entire attitude, um, uh, just a self-discipline over the last 10 days, over the last two weeks, where this race, the dynamics of this race really changed over that time. But you know what's funny, and a lot of people have been saying this about the last 10 days and two weeks, 
I don't think this election was won over the last 10 days, two weeks. I think there was so much of this sentiment brewing. I mean, now I say this, you know, with hindsight being 2020, so much of the sentiment brewing over the last, uh, you know, year and a half that I think it really just came to a boil by the time we got to Election Day. I don't know if he would have kept his old standard Trump-like presentation. I don't know if he would have lost. Well... I think that this election told us something is that whoever the spotlight was on did poorly because these are two historically unlikable candidates, unlikable people. I mean, there's no question. Donald Trump comes into office as the most unlike presidential candidate ever. Hillary right. Clinton would have, would have been the most unlike presidential candidate ever. But whoever the spotlight was on, that was the person who started doing poorly. And for, for about whether it was 10 days, two weeks ago, Donald Trump and his campaign made the decision we are going to focus the spotlight on Hillary Clinton. We're not going to make any mistakes. We're not going to do all the, some of these side, uh, sidetrack issues that we have gotten ourselves into. And if we always focus the spotlight on her, we are going to that no. happen. Her turnout was depressed. If you look at urban centers compared to Obama numbers, in many of the cases that she needed to win. I mean, one of the reasons she lost Wisconsin is because she did not do well in Milwaukee. Right. She did not do well in places that she needed to do well. She didn't do you know places that she would be expected to do well. In Michigan, it's the same thing. She didn't do well in places she needed to do well. In Philadelphia, she underperformed in a lot of places. So he did very, very well with white voters, and she underperformed with people that she needed to perform. But the, the gaps in demographics in this election are startling. Unbelievable. The whole thing is unbelievable, um, especially based on expectations. You know, look at I mean, I assume you're alluding to things like the women vote and uh, and minority vote. I mean, in certain circumstances and college educated, the gap between education and how amongst white voters and how they voted in this election. Hillary Clinton won 28 percent of non-college educated. That's according to what I that's what I saw early this morning, which is a startling number for a Democrat because Generally, conventional wisdom is that Democrats do well amongst people who are have-nots, right. uh, or people who are not who are struggling with the economy amongst the working class. And the Democrats just got killed amongst the white working class. They absolutely got killed in this election, and it didn't just cost. Um, you know, there are a lot of reasons you come up with for it. You know that Donald Trump is not a true conservative in many ways. He's a populist. It's a different message, and that message resonated with a lot of America. That has unfortunately missed out on that areas of the country that have had an economic boom. Uh, Michael Fragan's with us. It's interesting how certain people over the last few weeks especially were surprised about some of the places he insisted or his staff insisted or the RNC insisted uh, that he campaign, uh, that he you know go and visit. And yet it seems that that strategy, well, obviously being the victor, the strategy, of course, worked. But, uh, you know, now, now you see that, that counties and states that people walk into elections thinking they're, they're uh, uh, unflippable, so to speak. You see that with some hard work and the right strategy, one can flip them. Yes. I mean, people, Donald Trump said over and over, and many people said that the upper Midwest is where we're going to win this election. And they continue to say the upper Midwest is where they're going to win the election. And the upper Midwest is where they won the election. It, it, that, that is actually how it happened. And it's quite remarkable that it happened that way because in, you know, places like Wisconsin, he didn't even do well in the primary. Mm -hmm. He didn't do well in the Republican primary, but he ends up winning the state in the general, a state that, you know, states that haven't gone to.
to a Republican since 1988 or 1984. Right. I mean, just he, he won some of those states. And yes, people were skeptical. I look, I was skeptical. I'll be the first one to say I never thought it would happen. Uh, I do. I did acknowledge, and everybody should have acknowledged, and I think most people should have acknowledged that Hillary Clinton was a phenomenally flawed candidate. Right. It's just it's it's incredible in the end, with us, given her liabilities, that the you know that the Democratic Party tried to coronate her, and everybody should have seen it coming with her weakness with vis-a-vis Bernie Sanders, right. a seventy-year-old socialist. Uh, everybody should have seen her inability to to, to put him away, um, but she, you know, she continued on, and really, she never really adjusted to the, you know, to Donald Trump's. Michael, are you there? Oh, I don't tell me we lost Michael Fragan at this point in the conversation. <sighs> Michael, if you can we hear me, oh, there you we go. We we, we lost you. You got to make the point again. We lost you for the last fifteen seconds. Sorry, the vagaries of the cell phone. But the uh, I'm talking about the change election. 2008 was a change election. People want to change. Barack Obama won on change. And people still want change. And Donald Trump was changed. And Clinton was more of the same. Right. People just did not want another four years of the Clinton, of Clinton presidency. When do, I, done with the Clinton. when do I get to find out uh, one of my great curiosities, the Jewish vote percentage down in Florida? Uh, I imagine there are some exit polls. I haven't seen anything yet, but uh, I imagine over the next couple of days there'll be there'll be something out there. Um, I don't. I per- personally don't think it's going to be incredibly good um, for Trump, but uh, but we shall see. You never know. I mean, he's surprised people in the past. Yeah, that's for sure. Um, so there you have it. I assume you saw some of the statements that came out of Israel, uh, some of the uh, right-wing uh, political figures in Israel specifically who are assuming that uh, because of a Trump presidency, they'll be able to adjust things according to their according to their wishes. Have you seen those statements out of Israel? I have seen statements, and I will say, uh, I thought David Friedman speak on Monday night. Uh, he was he spoke here in the five towns. Um, to, uh, and I will say, he's very most impressive, very articulate, um, certainly made all the right arguments uh, for supporting... Donald Trump and supporting the Republicans. If you uh, and I thought he was, I thought he was great. And if this is the type of policy that this administration is going to pursue, um, look, I hope that they pursue policies on behalf of Israel and the entire Middle East that are intelligent, well thought out, as David Friedman articulated. Uh, Michael, a quick comment on the House and Senate. I mean, uh, once once we saw again with twenty twenty hindsight the way the presidential election went, I assume those two uh, were as expected. Uh, which I'm sorry, which? House and Senate. Uh, well, the Senate. I mean, the House was never in doubt. I don't think. I mean, I think I, I think that that was uh, you know never going to be. I mean, we did lose a couple. The Republicans lost a couple seats. Um, you know, have to see. I think. You know, I hopefully will. You know, Donald Trump will not make a move against Paul Ryan. I think that would be a mistake. I think to 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 go ahead and do that. But you know, there is rumbling about that because you know of because he values loyalty. I think that would be a mistake. The Senate. Look, the Senate ended up. Once I saw in Indiana that Todd Young had defeated Evan Bayh, I saw it was going to be an okay night. Uh, that was a surprise victory. Evan Bayh, an institution in Indiana, right. uh, coming back to reclaim his seat. And he won. I mean, he lost. And he just, it was, it, you knew it was going to be a good Republican night. And in fact, that actually portended for the, for the Trump vote around the Midwest. Really amazing. The whole, like I always say, great spectator sport. 
No, no night like last night. I can tell you that much. <laughs> Did you get it? No, any... no, not, not at all. And I guess hats off to Stacey Siegel. Um, yeah. Let's get, let's get her on, and you know, let's start. Uh... I'm telling you, she asked me this morning if I want her to come on and uh, be interviewed. From the day he announced presidency, that his candidacy for president, all through the entire process till late last night, early this morning, she said every single day he will be the next president of the United States. Uh, Michael, thank you so much and uh, continued success and we'll talk more politics obviously down the road. Absolutely. Thank you, Nachum. And as, uh, as you have mentioned, nobody has ever watched politics or will watch politics in the same way again after uh, this election. No question about it. It'll be a long time before anybody thinks that any race is a foregone conclusion. That's for sure. Alright, thank you, Michael Fragan. There you have it. Live at JEC tomorrow, everybody, as we continue their 75th anniversary celebration. I'll be between 6 and 9 a.m. Bite Size with uh, Yoni Pollock is coming up next in the stream. Uh, you could tune into uh, dot com, the NSN app, and listen to uh, his presentation of some great interviews. Uh, that's happening. Um, uh, that's happening next between 9 and 11 Eastern time. Then Avrami hosts a live lunch starting at 11 o'clock. And uh, Michael Fragan, by the way, with a full half hour tomorrow morning starting at 9:30. Eastern time on the uh, on the network, and I'm sure he will spend some of that time, if not all of it, speaking about the same topic that everyone in this country seems to be speaking about, and that's the aftermath of the 2016 election. Our brothers and sisters in Israel, we are with you. It's your favorite America's one and only Jewish moments in the morning radio program. Heard on listeners sponsored WFMU East Orange, WMFU Mount Hope, Rockland County at 91.9 in the FM Dial Broadcasting Live in the Sonia and Robert Gold Studios in Jersey City, New Jersey. Around the world on the web, jmnam.org, and of course on the NSN app. And that wraps up a great Wednesday program. Plenty more tomorrow, live from JEC beginning at 6 a.m. Make sure to tune in. Enjoy our programming all through the day on the NSN app and at NahumSiegel.com. And have a fabulous Wednesday. Till tomorrow, Nahum Siegel reminding you, remember the past, live the present, and trust the future.